Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You're listening to DraftKings Network. a cold one. They strike him, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, and you know this man, and I'm convinced that God made me good enough at football so I could get these media gigs because that was my dream actually growing up. Didn't think I'd ever get big enough or good enough to play. I just wanted to be a broadcaster, and it kind of worked. I guess you can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. I do a lot of TV work for CBS and a lot of radio work for Westwood One. Found out my doubleheader next weekend, Saturday night, in the booth with Kevin Harlan for Chiefs Dolphins. First flight Sunday morning to Detroit on the sideline for the first home playoff game in Detroit in 30 years. This is my real life. Unbelievable. Beyond fired up. Love this show because I'm a huge fan of college football. I love the NFL draft. I like betting and the fact that people bet on these games. And I appreciate people that have the level of preparation and passion that my guy Emery Hunt has. I think he's my brother from another mother. You can check him out on social media, at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. And I cannot possibly stress this enough. You need to order the draft guide. Footballgameplan.com slash 2024 draft guide. In fact, you know how on the Raw Soccer Football Podcast, and I know a lot of you guys listen or watch that, youtube.com slash Raw Soccer NFL, you know how I have a sponsor confirmation winner each week where somebody takes advantage of one of the sponsors and I'll send you a signed press pass or whatever? I'm just I'm giving you the answer to the test right now. Somebody that buys the draft guide this week and then forwards me the confirmation or whatever you get, whatever the email is that you get, to Ross at RossTucker.com, you're the winner. You're, you're, congratulations. You can maybe you can get the press pass of the Chiefs playoff game with Harlan or Lions sideline, which is probably like I could probably sell that because it's like a collector's item. 30 years, are you kidding me? Anyway, footballgameplan.com slash 2024 draft guide. There you go. You have the answers to the test. You know why Emery always has the answer to the test? Because he's always in a hotel room. Emery, why are you in a hotel room? Where are you? Where were you? Well, last night I got from the College Gridiron Showcase, which is in Fort Worth, uh, starting the all-star game circuit 
there. And now I'm at the Hula Bowl, which is in Orlando, because I'll be the sideline analyst on CBS Sports Network Saturday. So full week of all-star game practices and scouting notes and all that good stuff like that. And then, boom, we got the game on Saturday. So right now I'm in the hotel in Orlando uh, getting ready for Hula Bowl week to start. That is awesome. I want to hear about that if we have some time at the end, because I want to hear about the this past week and what you saw there and what that game was about, and then a little bit more about the Hula Bowl for sure. We got to make sure the people know you had yet another winning week last week, Emery, as your incredible season continues. By the way, that feels like it was a month ago. It was a week ago. You had Wisconsin plus nine, Emery. They lost, but it was 35-31. You called it exactly right. You said LSU's defense just isn't good enough. You were all over it. Wisconsin plus nine was a winner. You took Oregon minus 18. I thought that was a lot of points to lay. Evidently not. They hammered Liberty 45-6, to did the Ducks. And then you took Tennessee minus five and a half against what did Tennessee play? Oh, oh, Iowa, which that surprised me too because I thought that'd be like a, a close to the vest, low scoring game. Tennessee put up 35 on the Iowa Hawkeyes. So not only did you cover all those, you covered all them pretty easily. The only two you missed, Emery, you had Bama getting one and a half which they lost by seven, but that was overtime. So that shouldn't even be a miss. That is a flaw in the betting. Like the game ended in regulation in a tie. If it ended in regulation in a tie and you had the team getting a point and a half, you should win. You should win your bet. Like like, I don't even know how that works. That, That should not be the way it works. Overtime should not count. And then Texas. Texas. Minus four, they lost 37-31, and obviously that was pretty close. Although, no, they were minus four? Yeah, so you weren't that close on that one. You, uh, you, you doubted your guy, Penix. Emery, the takes are coming out fast and furious now on Penix. The amount of people, and by the way, I don't watch that many Washington games. I think that they were usually on when I was on, right? And so uh, when I was doing a game or they were on late, I didn't mu- watch much Washington. We'll get into that because they have guys everywhere. I mean, they have an awesome team. But the amount of people, Emery, that make big, loud proclamations about Penix, when I know for a fact that that was their first time ever watching Penix in their whole life, but now it's like, you know, I'm seeing – we did a YouTube thing where you talked about why you like Caleb Williams over Drake May or whatever, I think. Mm-hmm. We still get comments that. And now the comments are, Penix, Penix better than both, if we're being honest. Penix clearly the best guy. Like, it is amazing. I got to stop talking. I'm excited. I'm just going to let you talk. I know you like Penix, but I'm going to let you talk about Penix. But it's funny because we said this before in the show, Ross. Primetime games have this country in a chokehold. So what they saw last is what they remember the most, right? That's why 
It was last week. It was Lamar Jackson clear-cut MVP. Then if we saw Jaden Daniels clear-cut Heisman. Then you saw uh, last night in the NFL, Josh Allen should be the MVP. I mean, he's playing like the MVP. Ignore the three turnovers. Ignore the bad decisions. Look at the stat line and look how he willed this team to victory, right? Tua should be cut. Jalen Hurts should be cut. Fields should be cut. Like, primetime TV is the worst. And what make it, I understand it from a fan's perspective. That's not my beef. My beef is from the media members, the writers, the beat writers, the, the, the football Twitter, draft Twitter. There's film Twitter. Everyone that's so locked into doing the work all season long shows you that a primetime game could sway that opinion instantly because they get caught up in the vibes. They get caught up in emotion. This is the type of people that will go to a party. This is the best night of my life, right? And it's when you like 17 years old, right? Then the next, the, or, you, or you're in your 20s, you're at a bar. I want to get married. I love you. Like, so crazy. <laughs> this is what it is. This is primetime games. People are hilarious, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Oh, that is amazing. Um, dude, I will say this, though, Emery. If Michigan wins tonight, Ross, J.J. McCarthy, QB1, Chicago Bears, trade Justin Fields to the Harlem Globe Trotters, you got to go in on J.J. McCarthy. That's what That's what we're going to see if they win. That is funny. Um, they are definitely going to uh, have a lot of takes about the draft stock of these two quarterbacks tonight based on who wins the game and and how they play. I will say this, Emery, because I do want to get your thoughts on any big takeaways from those five New Year's games that we didn't hit last week. But, man, Penix played well in that game. I mean, holy, he has some ridiculous accuracy and I know you say Josh Dobbs. I, he doesn't remind me of Josh Dobbs. I, I can't think. And I think it's the lefty thing. I don't know if he reminds me. Of, I think he reminds me like like the NFL films Kenny Stabler. Like I can't, I can't get it out of my head because it's not Tua because Tua is like super quick and super compact. Penix has almost like this like three-quarter delivery and he's like gunslinging it in there and there – he reminds me so much of somebody, and I can't think of who it is. Right, because you can see elements of Tua. You can see elements of Phillip Rivers. You can see elements of Josh Dobbs, in my opinion. You can see elements of um, you know a lot of different quarterbacks, right? And it's uh, the lefty thing just makes it look different. I saw on Twitter someone you know altered the video to where he's right-handed, and it it, it looks. It now it starts to click. It's like, all right, he got a really quick release because because we're so used to seeing right-handed passers um, that when you see someone left-handed, because it, it doesn't look like Steve Young. Steve Young didn't have that that same type of release, right? He had a, a classic release. It wasn't that quick, uh, whip-like release. So um, yeah, Penix, the accuracy, the deep ball accuracy. Uh, he's still he, where he's like to is that he's he's not the the guy that you consider a run threat. So a lot of his movement is going to happen within the pocket. And yeah, he can pick up some yards if the lane is there. We saw that against Texas. Um, but he's really the you know the one, two, three, get the ball out type passer, right? And if he has to make a move, which he had to do in that Texas game, 
you saw the athleticism. He, you know, he's able to, to sidestep a defender, get back on platform, and then make an accurate throw. So, yeah, he he has some some tools. Now, the question is whether or not uh, what do how he operates. And this this is the same question and concern you had with Tua. How do you operate when you're pressured? Because we know the NFL with the hash marks being closer, the pressure comes faster. You're going to have to make these decisions quicker. Now, the good part about him and Tua that that quick release, and once they see something they like, the ball is coming out quick, and it's going to the right place, and it's accurate. His issue, I feel like, is a little bit of um, you got to know how to layer throws. He's layering these throws on the perimeter when he's throwing these takeoff routes, right? Which, in in a sense, that's not a deep route. That's just a short, that's a quick throw, right? Because one, two, boom, get the ball out, right? And you're leading your receiver. But in terms of, like, trying to make throws, sometimes I feel like everything is a fastball. Um, especially when it goes over the middle of the field at the intermediate to deep uh, level. When he has time, he's able to layer things uh, perfectly. So you, and again, you can't, we're never going to see what that pressure looks like in college because of how the hash marks are. And um, well, we, maybe we'll get a, a taste of that tonight when you're talking about Michigan, because we saw what they did Jalen Milrow from a pressure perspective. So we'll see some things tonight uh, that, that you could project to the NFL level, but, you can't deny the, the guy's accuracy, his placement, his ability to play. I mean, this is how good they play against Texas. Texas ran the ball a lot and ran it well against them. And so they didn't run the ball. Washington didn't. And they needed all of those 430 yards to beat Texas in clutch moments. And he's still making these throws to covered guys, to, you know, guys that are, you know, the ball was placed perfectly on the outside shoulder. So he's locked in. And his ability as a passer, even if you want to translate that that offense to the NFL, like, okay, everyone's essentially playing some sort of pro spread nowadays anyway, so he could fit right in and play really well. Um, it, it, I'm excited to see how the league views him in, in terms of, you know, his uh, trajectory, in terms of his, his upside. Well, his injury history is going to really, right. really hurt him, unfortunately, uh, which is why I'm glad he's having this success that he's having in college. By the way, um, speaking of delicious, whenever the game clock stops, and actually since it's a night game, I'll be ordering before the game, it's DoorDash. Pizza cravings hit it at halftime, ordering time. Dreaming about tacos during a timeout, boom, they're on your doorstep. Wait, you want burgers, chips, dips, drinks, and wings instead? Even better. Order on DoorDash and get everything you want delivered without missing a minute of the game. Got to have something to wash it down. I'll have two or three Labatt Blue Lights tonight while I watch Washington and Michigan, drinking them, probably not have any friends over, probably just be me by myself if I'm being honest, living life to the power of we, just me, beer, and football. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. I want to make sure we might have time at the end to go back to these other games, Emery, but there's a lot about tonight's game that I, I want to dive into with you. So I knew about Penix and I knew about Adunze. Is that how you say it? Adunze. Mm-hmm. Um, but who are all these other receivers for Washington? <laughs> I, I mean, they, they are so fun to watch. I called the Iowa-Nebraska game and watching like Washington-Texas, that was like a different sport. I mean, all of the bombs and the rainbows from Penix. And there are some people that think, um, Adunzi and neighbors 
are up there with Marvin Harrison Jr. A lot of people need a receiver, Emery. A lot of people will be watching him tonight. How does he stack up compared to some of these other top guys in your mind? What are his pros and cons? What are his comps? What do you see? Uh, Dunze is someone that just he could. I think he could play all the positions that you want. Like he's not an outside specific guy. I feel like he can kick down inside a little bit, um, and play that 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 big, uh, what I used to call F receiver, um, kind of like a Marcus Colson, but he could also play on the outside as well. Um, we know he can get vertical. We know he's tough at the catch point. The the other guys are, are straight like speed demons, like Polk. Um, and uh, McMillan, those guys like legit can fly, and so they they get deep down the field, and they they really create that that separation in conjunction with the the placement and accuracy of Penix, because it's like I'll throw it out there, you go get it, they can go get it, which creates separation from the defensive back. We saw that against Texas, like Texas got some athletes, although their secondary wasn't as good, um, but they got athletes out there in the corners, and those guys ex- was able to exploit that. Uh, with their speed, but but Dunze, like whether you like him, Coleman, uh, neighbors, uh, you know, then Harrison Jr., like there, there's a lot of talent at wide receiver, and uh, Dunze is someone that has been good consistently. Like, this is someone that can make the contested catch, where we've seen Marvin Harrison do. I think he might be faster than Harrison, um, you know, a little bit more, uh, nimble, so to speak. I feel like Harrison is a, is a one speed guy. Um, you know, he's not a, you know, like a and then go type type guy, uh, but he can win a, up top. You know, he's a physical presence. Harrison Jr. got better every year. I've watched him since, um, as you know, Ross, I do also call high school games. And so I've watched Harrison Jr. since high school because we put out this, uh, the football game plan 400 top four, uh, you know, top high school prospects. And, and we focus on the state of Pennsylvania. And I remember doing Harrison Jr. and watching his his film from high school to where he has developed now. He's going in the right direction. He's kind of like the, I don't want to make this a one-to-one because, you know, everybody get in the hopper on clips. But he's like the Larry Fitzgerald of this receiver class. Like, where it's like he's just smooth. He's consistent. Smooth. You, you, don't worry about his hands. He can he can catch everything. And the dude is someone that... Um, I would I don't want to say Keenan Allen, but it maybe like a, a healthy version of Mike Williams is what I like a Dunze as, if that's a if that is a comp that makes sense. Yeah, and the thing I didn't realize too, Emery, watching Washington, they're better up front than I realized. Now, you know, their O line's pretty good. Um now, Byron Murphy, that kid for Texas, is legit. I was oh, really man. impressed by him. I'm, are, are you worried at all about Michigan being able to just run the ball down Washington's throat tonight? Well, we've seen Texas do it. Texas ran the ball rather well. Is this on the other side? Can they? I'm more interested in Michigan's defensive line against Washington's offensive line. We saw the defensive line of Michigan really own Alabama. Now, how often we're able to say that? Maybe Georgia, right? Uh, but Michigan was just explosive off the ball and powerful. And they were getting so much knockback on a lot of these offensive linemen. They had the center having issues snapping the ball. And once he got in his own head, it was lights out for that. 
you know, and, and then when you combine that with trying to block these dudes like Chris Jenkins and company up front, it makes it a problem. We saw Washington. I thought that was going to be the reason why Texas won because Texas's defensive interior was strong, but Washington did just enough to where they held their own to where the passing game, obviously you can't throw for 430 at that, you know, completion percentage with those touchdowns if you're not blocking well up front. So that, to your point, that's the matchup. Can that offensive line have an encore performance? And can that defensive line of Michigan have an encore performance? Emery, whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game-time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese sauce, other toppings, and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. All right, Emery. I'm looking at it right now. The spread is Michigan laying four and a half on DraftKings. The total is 56 and a half. What say you, my friend? Man, that the total is tempting, right? Um I would I would probably just take Washington in the points. Because I just like how the we've seen Washington, man, like all throughout the year get tested by Oregon State, USC, Texas, and they've answered all these calls. Oregon twice answered all these calls. So why would I count against the cardiac Huskies, right? Like four and a half seems like a lot for a team that has found a way to make a way all season long. So if it if it's a three point game, if it's a one point game, they won't they won't lose by more than four and a half. So I'm gonna take Washington and the points and may even sprinkle some on the money line because we've seen Washington come through in the clutch all season long. I really like Washington and the points. I think they have a great chance to win the game outright. Mm-hmm. I do think it'll be a close competitive game. And I really like Washington and the points because of what you just said. Everybody thought they would lose that second game to Oregon. Everybody. And they still have been able to do it. Extremely, extremely impressive what they've been able to do. And I'll say this too, Emery, just watching it. I mean, they both were very excited when they won their semifinal games. No question. But Michigan acted like they won the national title. Like Michigan acted like they didn't realize they had another game to play. Right. You know, I felt like more so than Washington. Who else do we need to watch tonight, Emery? Who else? I mean, obviously, Corum. What kind of uh, what kind of pro prospect is Corum in your mind? I think he's the running a, back from Michigan. If you're not familiar, he's a solid RB two. The the speed is a, is a, is the biggest question that they're going to have about him. Um, but the vision is there, the toughness is there, the body control is there. He has that natural um, center of gravity, so it's hard to really knock him to the ground. You kind of bump him to the side. He has good balance and footwork to to hop across gaps in the run game. So he's a good running back. So I like him. Like if you're looking for a comp, maybe Kyron Williams is a is a good comp for him. Um and, and Braylon Trice, the DN for Washington. 
keep an eye on him because if when Michigan has to pass, that's someone that's going to try to make a lot of money today. He's already going to be um, potentially a first-round pick, but, man, he could really fly up draft boards because, again, primetime game, big matchup, and if you get sacks, we know people love sacks like they love home runs. Um, so this is a chance for him to really skyrocket, and he's someone that's fantastic getting off the ball. And we talked about Chris Jenkins and what he's been able to do, uh, the younger son of Chris Jenkins. Um you know, so his dad was it, not fun to play against. I can his imagine. dad was a monster. Like just he filled out his unit. Like he looked big without the football uniform. Not fat, but like solid. Like he looked Emory, like his dad was. Field. And there's a lot of these guys when I played, but like started against him in '02, and he's like a a get in your stance guy, and just be like, like really. Like, th- like, look at this guy and look at me. Like, really? Like, this is the guy I'm going against? This isn't a fair fight. Hey, before I forget, Emery, tell me about the Hula Bowl. Who's at the Hula Bowl? That's one that's pretty well known. So you're yeah, there. It, We're going to watch on CBS Sports Network next Saturday. Who's at the Hula Bowl? You got like 30 seconds. Keep an eye on Jason being the quarterback for Kansas, who did a great job this year for the Jayhawks. And we saw how he played in the bowl game against UNLV. That's the guy I'm excited to watch this week. One of many players here today at the Hula Bowl, or this week. I love it. And this is just like a step below the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Game. Yeah, this is the third rated All-Star Game, so you get a lot of guys that are going to be either day three to high-priority free agents, so it's going to be fun to see these guys. And there was a bunch of guys that got drafted last year and that made NFL rosters that played in the Hula Bowl last season. So this is a very good game, compiled with a lot of good talent across the country. I love it. He's at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Get the draft guide and forward it to me. Ross at RossTucker.com. The keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for tuning in to College Draft. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and Fantasy Feast, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.